welcome to Becoming Whole podcast. I am your host, Claire Bradshaw, a life coach and a yoga and meditation teacher. Join me as I explore with my guests what it means to live a life of wholeness and connectedness, a life where all parts of ourselves, our body, mind and spirit come together into alignment, where we're truly living into our own personal values and the fullest expression of who we are. So if you're a seeker, a feeler and someone wanting more from your precious life, then tune in every fortnight and let's grow together. Hello beautiful people, so this is Claire from Becoming Whole Podcast and it's so lovely to be with you again. Um, I had to take a few weeks off the podcast because with this whole COVID situation, I definitely had to create some space in my own life to really process some of the stuff that was happening um, and really allow that um, process to happen. So it's something that I talk a lot about in my own work and I really honor that within my own life as well. So great to be back for this episode. This episode is with Amanda, who is the founder and director of Angia's Women's Health Clinic in Paran, Melbourne, um, which is an integrative Chinese medicine practice with a focus on women's health. She helps women through every phase of their lives. Um, her practice is Soul Meat Science, guiding her patients to ultimate health by providing a whole body approach. Um, she's not only a doctor of Chinese medicine, but also a yoga and meditation teacher, a hormone expert and an energy healer. She empowers and educates her clients to reconnect with their inherent body wisdom and navigate their way back to balance naturally and live the happiest and most thriving version of their lives. Um, this is an absolutely incredible podcast interview. We go to all of the places. Um, in terms of having deep conversations, which I absolutely love, we go to all of those in this conversation. And I think you're going to really love it, particularly if you're a woman that is navigating her own health, her own cycles in her life, whether it's dealing with hormonal stuff, whether it's connecting more deeply with your menstrual cycle, whether it's fertility and navigating all of these cycles that we go through in our lives. We talk about all of this from a Chinese medicine perspective, but also from a deep soulful spiritual perspective as well. So without further ado, let's just get straight into this um, interview. I trust that you're going to enjoy this and I really would love to hear your feedback on this interview. Hey Amanda, it's so lovely to have you on the show. Thank you, thanks for having me. Awesome. So um, I actually, I'll tell the, um, the audience, so uh, yesterday I came into um, Amanda's office for um, my first ever acupuncture treatment and it was so special. She was such a beautiful star in making me feel super comfortable and um, we also did um, some cupping. I really kind of left, um, let myself kind of go with wherever Amanda wanted to take the session and, um, and I would love to hear a little bit more about what we did <laughs> and why we did it. Um, so I'd love to hear more about what this cupping thing is, other than yeah, sure. really interesting circles on my back right now. <laughs> and um, 
<laughs> and then also, um, you know, what, what are we doing with acupuncture? What is it actually doing for the body? Okay. I mean, yesterday it was so wonderful to meet you in person and then also to just coming in and being an open canvas um, and being really receptive to kind of, you know, let me sort of navigate the treatment into what I feel like your body needed. And one of the greatest tools that we use um, to sort of go deeper into your body is through pulse diagnosis. So um, with that opportunity to feel your pulse, we feel different qualities and then we feel into the different organ bodies. And so when I was taking your pulse yesterday, um, I could feel that we were needed to work on some issues through your sacrum and the whole um, talking about the support and stability coming through the back body, um, which is the governing vessel. And the governing vessel um, works on it's the spine. It helps us to create support. Um, and it's also yang in nature. And sometimes when we're sort of really in our modern life, living this yang yang you know, to do all the time is that we feel like we're letting go of that support for ourselves. And so um, yesterday also too, I did an esoteric treatment. I don't do esoteric very often in clinic. So it's a real treat for me when I have that opportunity to tap into that more spiritual nature. And that's really, I feel like that's what I love. There's a lot of magic in that. And uh, so yesterday you did feel quite exhausted. I, I hear post your treatment. Yeah. Yeah which was actually exactly what I needed. I needed to it's, have some reason to rest. So thank you. It was that surrender. Yeah, um, yeah totally. And so I feel as though sometimes too, I say acupuncture is like the truth serum. So when we're um, living our lives, we don't always have that opportunity to connect into how we're really feeling. And so yesterday it took you into a deep parasympathetic, so a deep restful state. So when you um, went home, you could actually feel that you totally needed to rest and be in that essence of yin, which is nurturing and nourishing and cultivating more. I think more of us need to do that as women. Mm. And then we finished off with some cupping and the cupping basically uh, what it does is it flushes the capillaries. So I wanted to work the back line of your body um, and release all that posterior chain. Being a yoga teacher, practicing yoga, there was definitely quite a bit of tension through that back body. So it was really nice to work through that. Um, it also works on the internal organ body. So the heart, the liver, the kidney, the spleen. So that way um, the flash cupping that we did as well helps to um, invigorate your chi. So whilst you were really like relaxed, then after you finish your treatment, the flash cupping kind of gives you a bit of a pick me up. So you don't feel that complete sense of um, being wiped out. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. So amazing. Because when you were doing the acupuncture, like you were talking to me, I couldn't even hardly speak. I was like, Bleh. <laughs> I was like totally in the zone. I was like, wow, this is amazing. Um, well, I'm glad you had a wonderful experience. Yeah, it was really fun. And um, and if if listeners haven't done acupuncture before, um, you know, I was a little bit wary. How's it going to feel when you put the pins in? But it was actually really. I have some of them. I hardly even felt at all. Others, I could feel a tiny little bit, but not much. And that's the thing. I think we all have a misconception is that, you know, acupuncture, I think for many people, if you have a needle phobia, um, it reminds us of all the times when we were kids getting our injections. <laughs> and so when we, when we put the needles in, it's just a gentle insertion. And so everything's done with intention. So I always want to make sure that when I'm putting the needles in, 
that I'm working with the dirt chi, which is the chi that then allows the needle to insert through the tissue and the different layers of the muscle as well. So sometimes you can have quite a strong response and other times you just may feel like a little sensation um, and that's just essentially an exchange of energy taking place between the needle and your body and that's how we create that transformation. So it has a response through the nervous system, it has a response through the endocrine system, the cardiovascular. So it's working on the physiology of the body but also to then the esoteric side, the mental, the physical and the emotional. So you've just got the different layers amazing so is that why because some of them like i felt like a little pinch and others like i was like really is there a needle that's gone in well i did do some down the length of your spine ah. so into well not into the spine itself so those ones can be quite um intense yeah i could definitely feel those more but um yeah mm, very interesting and also I had some in my head too so let's yeah, you would. see how that was gonna feel but yeah fine <laughs> I love that point. That one there literally do 20. So it's a connecting point. It connects to a hundred meridians. What I say, a hundred points in the body. Um, it's a Shen point. So it calms the nervous system. So you think about it, a hypothalamus is always on alert. So it's detecting what our external environment's going and then it relays into our into internal environment. So that point there, it literally has a calming effect. So it's taking that body out of its state of being doing into that beautiful restful state of being. So it's like, Ah, oh, it's like a literal om. Yeah, it really was. It really was. I was just, yeah. And um, you left me for 20 minutes and it felt like five minutes had passed. Oh, you know, when you just go into that deep blissful yeah. stage yeah. and you just lose, um, you know, conce conception of time really. Yeah, for sure. Of everything. <laughs> everything. That's right. You go into that deep, <laughs> yeah. blissful stage. Exactly. It was, exactly. It was so, so good. So let's go back in time a little bit. And how did you initially kind of get into Chinese medicine and um, acupuncture? Was there something that significant that happened in your life or was it more of an interest that kind of led you to this place? For me personally, so I've had, uh, I started off doing nursing and um, I was going out and I was partying and I wasn't living, you know, the lifestyle. I was pretty crazy when I was younger and um, anyway, hung around the wrong type of people. And before I knew it, I was involved heavily with drugs. Um, I ended up having a heroin addiction. And so I was at a spiraling time in my life. Um, you know, I'd let my uni fall to the side. I was playing state league netball. And so everything had sort of come to that, you know, crushing moment. And I it was a pinnacle time for me. So I remember looking in the mirror and I was 51 kilos. Mm. I was a size six. I was tiny. I was sick mentally, physically and emotionally. And I looked in the mirror that day and I was like, who is this beautiful divine being? Who have I become? Mm. And so from that moment forward, I made a promise to myself that I was going to turn my life around. And so you know, I was working in a stockbroking firm and um, my parents got called to come and pick me up because I was in an abusive relationship at the time as well. So just so many factors. Um, and mum came and picked me My mum and dad came and picked me up and took me home and my mum helped me in my recovery. And so within that time, I went and saw a Chinese medicine doctor and I literally just fell in love with the philosophy and the whole way of looking at how to heal your body. And so that was my first real, you know, introduction to Chinese medicine. And from that moment, 
I was like, I need to study this. This is what I've got to do. And so it was that um, catalyst for change for me to go, right, I have an opportunity here to completely turn my life around and be in alignment with what I want to do. Um, and I'd always wanted to help people. You know, being a nurse is you, you do want to be able to help support people on their health journey. So that was the catalyst, babe. So, wow, amazing. I, like, good on you. Like, one for making a commitment to yourself as well. Like, just saying that, like, you know, there's something it. else. Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get out of this place. And, um, yeah. And then, and then start to follow the, the breadcrumbs, essentially, um, that, yeah, that you did do. So how old were you when you kind of made those decisions to kind of like change? I was 21. So it was, I mean, you know, when your soul's destroyed, and I'm sure mm -hmm. for many of us, we've had that time in our life where things aren't going to plan or we've deviated off our path and, um, we feel as though we've lost our way and it's like that um, opportunity to really sort of go um, reflect inwards, isn't it? And go, okay, what's not serving me? What do I need to change here? Mm -hmm. And I was lucky enough that I had a great support network to be able to help me through that. Um, and then also to within myself, it was just that driving force of knowing I had to make that change. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. And so you were, so you were 21 and then when did you then go and study Chinese medicine? So I detoxed for an entire year, yep. um, Chinese medicine, acupuncture, um, herbs, also to introduction to meditation into yoga. So that was kind of like my little tasting of dipping my toes in um, and then at the end of my year of like doing a full detox program, um, then I enrolled into uni. So I was 22 when I started my Chinese medicine degree. Wow. Wow. And, and so it's, you'd had like a whole year of detoxing, of exploring your own experience, you know, exploring Chinese medicine, meditation, yoga, all of the things. So really connecting back in with yourself. Yes, because yeah. also too, I forgot to add in, I also had drug-induced psychosis. So I was, yeah. I, was a, I was mentally just a basket case. Yeah. And so having to retrain my mind that what, what my thoughts were were not my reality. Yeah. So um, it was really interesting just watching that whole process of, you know, being the witness of your match. And, yeah. you know, when I'd done my yoga teacher training, it was like, oh, I was witnessing myself from a different perspective mm. um, and seeing what my thoughts were was not actually my reality. And so having to retrain my mind. And then, of course, we know that that comes down to the koshas, doesn't it? So what we put into our body, the, working through the different layers. Um, and so really fascinating when you look back and reflect back just to see um, how all these ancient philosophies can come into play um, when we're not well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so is that where the, um, you know, the, the interest in kind of the energy systems and everything all, all kind of begun from that point? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Um, it's just, well, when you study Chinese medicine too, for the first time, it's like learning in completely different language. Mm. So you've got the yin and the yang, the male and the female aspect and um, talking about like the micro and the macro cosmos um, and sort of seeing that really it's a, 
um, we are cosmic beings essentially it's that spiritual being and that's what I love about Chinese medicine is that um, spiritual side um, of being able to know that we are when we come back to self we are everything and we have everything within us um, and there's a beautiful book called nourishing your destiny and he talks about it at the time of conception is it's heaven's mandate so we, we our life plan is already our destiny is already determined and so when we step off our destiny path, dis-ease and disease starts to arise in the body. And so what that's doing, it's giving us an opportunity to be able to explore, okay, what do I need to change to bring me back on that course of path? So to bring me back to my destiny. So, you know, I look back and I go, well, my destiny was I had to go through that experience of when I was young to bring me to being a Chinese medicine practitioner. Mm. And with that, uh, with our life experience comes, you know, immense amount of um, intuitive knowledge yeah. and intuitive wisdom. Yeah, for sure. Something that's really resonated with me and it's kind of around the yin and the yang was that to experience, and this is something that I've personally experienced, to experience this feeling of absolute joy. I've really had to go to the deepest sadness, the kind of the depths. Yes. Then really into that that sense of joy. Whereas pre doing that, I was kind of in the middle bit. I was, I was never really allowing myself to experience that full joy because I actually hadn't met the full sadness. And that is the thing that is what we describe as the great mystery. So many of the um, sages back in the ancient day were women because they women have the ability to be able to sit in the depths of despair. And then to be able to work through the the really really murky, the murky stuff basically, um, and so out of that then well it's like the lotus isn't it the lotus flower um, rises out through the depths and then blossoms into this massive you know beautiful flower, mm. um, and it's the same I think with all of us when we go through these massive life changes is in the depths and then we rise and consciously we've changed as well haven't we we've had a conscious awakening mm, mm, yeah and life just feels very different <laughs> yeah and yeah. you get to experience that joy exactly exactly so yeah and but it's such a it's such an interesting thing to navigate because you know consciously to choose the the depths of pain is not something that we'll necessarily want to choose no you know what I mean? That's where actually, like you said, that the lotus kind of comes from that place. Um, and it, it really is, isn't it? And I think that that's where our greatest transformations come from is through, is through being in the, the depths of the darkness. Um, and we all have our light and shadow, that polar opposite, which is that yin and yang. Yeah. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So let's um, talk a little bit more about your practice. And I know that you work specifically with women. Um, so you have a focus on fertility, working with hormones, periods, all of this. Let's um, talk about, well, where that comes from um, for you. Like why, why have you specifically kind of focused on that in your practice? Um, and then I'll ask you another question um, after that. Okay. Uh, so clear. Into it. <laughs> Okay, so the clinic, um, I've had the clinic for 13 years now and originally I wanted to do sports medicine, um, just a passion growing up with sport. Women started appearing at my door. So for me it was a time to go, okay, I need to look at this. 
Um, and from there, it's just grown. So I've always had an interest in gynecology. But now from looking back at my past, I can kind of see that I'm able to really hold space for women when they're going through their, their depths and their darkness. And we know that the fertility journey really is one of those. It strips us back to our most vulnerable. We feel isolated and it's also something very personal that we don't like to share. So when they come into NG there's a space that's a very much a sacred space where they can come in and they can let their um, barriers down and feel as though they are firstly heard, they're witnessed and they're seeing. And I think that's what a lot of has been missing is that, you know, when you're going through a fertility journey, you'll go to an IVF clinic and it's kind of like you're told what to do. Whereas um, a, woman, a woman hasn't had a chance to really explain her story. So we get, when the ladies come in, we sit down and we do a full history and we go through everything. And sometimes it can just be that there's an emotional block. Um, and other times it can be physical. And so for me, it's really understanding where that patient is in their journey and then being able to put them in, the, support them. And then if they need to see a Western medicine doctor, then working alongside, you know, as an integrative clinic as well. Um, and hormones love hormones. Yeah. I mean, we're influenced by our hormones as women, aren't we? Yeah. We're influenced by the moon. All of, all of the things, because we're cyclical beings, you know, we're quite different to men. We go through all these different phases in our lives. So let's talk a little bit more about that. So, um, you know, can you talk a little bit more about sort of hormonal imbalances? You know, what are the things that are contributing to some of the imbalances that we're seeing in a lot of women today? Okay, so, well, as you were saying, like we are cyclical beings mm. and I think what's happened is because of the sort of like patriarchal way that our society is being built on is that as women we've really lost our um, instinctive nature to connecting to who we are on our deepest level and, you know, our menstrual cycle is really our superpower. Mm. So when we're in alignment with our menstrual cycle, it gives us the ability to be able to move through the different seasons so, for example, we have four distinct menstrual phases. We have our bleed time, we have our follicular phase, we have ovulation, and then we have our luteal phase. And so if you think about it, bleeding time is the time of winter. So it's a time to really slow down and honour the process of um, our bleed. And as women, we're essentially we're losing blood and blood and chi are um, interrelated. And so we're losing energy, we're losing blood. So naturally back in the sages women would gather together under the rent tent and they would bleed together and the older women would share their wisdom and knowledge and pass down all this beautiful knowledge that, and now we just don't have that. Like we're losing the wisdom. Um, and so they'd menstruate together and that would be a time that they would honor themselves as women, honor that rebirth and um, cycle of death. And essentially, you know, as we bleed, it's like we're losing part of ourselves. It's also, we're losing what we may have not achieved in through that last menstrual cycle. Um, it also, it's a time to be really reflective of going inwards, um, being that sort of winter hibernation. Then we move into our follicular phase and this is a time that we're recruiting a dominant follicle and we're starting to feel a little bit more. Our estrogen is starting to surge within our body and we're getting our fertile mucus and we're growing a dominant follicle. So we're wanting to be a little bit more socially engaging and this is a time for us where we start to become quite creative. 
because we're essentially prepping for ovulation and ovulation we know is the main event Um, it's a time that we're considered most fertile and so this is like the full bloom season so we want to be out there we want to be socializing we want to be interacting we're feeling amazing and so this is the time that we should be feeling really great in our cycle um and sometimes we don't which we can come back to and then as we move into our luteal phase the luteal phase is the autumn time so it's a time to really honor the slowing down as we prep into um that winter phase you know it's like the two-week wait of honoring our bodies as it goes through its cyclical changes Mm. and so there's so many things that influence us today and influence our hormones and are purely just environmental you know environmentally where our bodies are under more assault because look at the products that we're using like everything has so many chemicals in it the Mm. phytoestrogens so our hormones are having to work twice as hard to be able to metabolize Um, and then what it does is it creates a dysregulation through the receptors and so it starts to change the pathways and so we start to get these hormonal imbalances lack of sleep you know computers iphones like there's so many just doing too much not honoring our cyclical nature which is the beautiful ebbs and flows and i think if we can start to really operate within those seasons and within the four phases we can really start to thrive and the perfect example was yesterday you know for you after you had your treatment going home and resting Mm. allowing your body to um to heal itself yeah yeah for sure for sure um because you know and it's this irony of being you know a yoga teacher and um and you know teaching meditation and being a coach coaching a lot of women as well and i talk a lot about like resting and slowing down and it's something that i do bring into my own life but then there are times when life is busy you know and there are things there are that's right there are things that are going on i think what's important is that life doesn't become all that you know that there is that that's right absolutely but for me personally at the moment i've been in a lot of yangs so like you were saying to come in and have that treatment and then have that kind of you know that that feeling of like deep rest was exactly what i needed so yeah amazing And that's the thing, like the first part of our cycle, the first two phases, they're the yin. So yin is estrogen. And then as we move into the yang phase, which is ovulation and then luteal phase, it's like we do feel more vibrant. And so it's also true as women, you know, we are essentially the creators. If we break down the word womb, it has the primordial sound om. And om is mother creation. So if you think, right, our wombs, they're so central to everything in our life from puberty to fertility to pregnancy the um, rites of passage into motherhood and then of course stepping into the rebirth again in um, menopause and i think women we're going through these constant cyclical changes of rebirth a conscious more conscious awakenings and it's the same with our menstrual cycle and so our womb essentially she is everything and we just haven't paid enough attention to her we've just totally disconnected and i think now is the time to come back in harness our awareness around our womb our cycles and then we can have an opportunity to really thrive as women because we are intuitive 
And things such as the contraceptive pill have numbed us down because it's within the boundaries of the patriarchal society. All the, res all the research is based on males. Um, it's, you know, there's no re been any real research on women and their hormones. You know, what's the contraceptive pill doing? We are, women are going, there's infertility is an epidemic. Endometriosis is an epidemic. It's like our wounds are literally screaming and crying. They, we need to pay more attention to, to her. I mean, she is the divine. She is that great mystery. Out of the depths we birth, you know, and if we're not having children, we're still rebirthing ourselves. We birth different projects. And so Swati Stana being, it's the creation. It's that whole life force of moving in that water element to keep us in flow. And when we're not in flow, things stagnate in the body, dis-ease arises and we get, you know, we start to see hormonal imbalances, we start to see fibroids, we start to see um, endometriosis. And so our body is always communicating with us. It's whether we have the intuitive awareness to tune in, oh, yoga. Wow. That, that was, thank you so much for that explanation and, and breaking that down because I think that that message is so important and, and I really feel into that in my own life and having worked with um, clients who are also experiencing stuff going on with their periods and PMT and things like this and the way that the, the connection between this kind of striving and this pushing and, you know, getting really stuck in the head, this disconnection um, between you know, the, the, the head and the rest of the body and actually really nurturing, yeah, down in this lower part of the body around where the womb is and the hips and this sense of <laughs> movement. That's <laughs> totally. I know. We should all just be like shaking yeah. our hips just to just yeah. get that's the pleasure zone. Exactly. It's, <laughs> it makes you feel alive. Um, it does. Mm, yeah, and um, and connected both to yourself and also to other people in the world. And I think that one of the main things that humans want is this sense of full connection, both to self and others and to the earth. So, yeah, that's kind of the gateway. So talk a little bit more about the womb. How can we connect more deeply with our womb center? What, what types of things do you recommend to clients or work with in your own life? So person, um, personally, for me, it's a, there is a lot of wound work that we can do. And yeah. so one of the most simplest ways is the heart connects to the womb in Chinese medicine. So it's um, by the meridian, the bao mai, so heart to womb. And so by simply placing our left hand, our feminine side, our left hand on our womb and our right hand on our heart, and connecting in and doing a heart to womb meditation, that's going to give us an opportunity to realign the heart and the womb. So for a lot of women that have been through trauma, it's they'll very much be able to feel a disconnect when they can do a heart to womb meditation. Mm -hmm. um, other ways uh, is just by connecting in with our womb daily. So putting our hands onto our wounds, our left hand and our right hand on top and just deep abdominal breathing. So what that does is it initiates the vagus nerve. So it puts the body into a calm, relaxed state um, and just breath, breath connects us in um, and breaths just simply connecting into breath. We're going to be able to create some gentle shifts and the, I call them womb whispers. 
So our womb talks to us. And it's the same language as our body does. Oh, I've got a sore shoulder. Okay, connect into that. What's that from? Um, and it's the same with our womb. In clinic, we use a lot of moxa. So moxa helps to um, warm our womb um, and it helps to create a beautiful, healthy vascular blood flow through our womb, creating a receptive womb. Um, another beautiful way is by doing, um, I've gone blank. There's massage. You can do womb massage. Um, and also too, it is an Ayurvedic practice and you put the castor oil onto your belly. Yes, uh, castor oil. Um, oh, and I know the, yeah, I can't, uh, Abiyasa or something, is it called? Yes, Abiyanga or no, Abiyanga, is it? I can't remember, yeah. The castor oil packs yeah. is a really another great one to be able to connect yeah. into your womb. Yeah. Um, and then also too, by nourishing our body through the foods yeah. you know we want to be eating at different stages of our cycle too we want to be eating nice warming foods you think about ovulation progesterone is warming in nature so we want to be eating delicious warming foods to support the health of our womb as we move into those different phases so there's lots of things different things that we can do um mm. to be able to connect into her yeah. and i do i for me personally i connect into my womb daily it's just two minutes um of breathing and meditation heart to womb okay oh. what does my what do i need today internal inventory and mm. then that will give me my answers yeah i love that i love that um yeah a little while ago i saw a kinesiologist and she recommended that every day i connect in and this was womb work and i connect in with and just ask my my womb what do i need what do I need? So similar to what you yes. were saying, what do I need? And so, because often if we just giving everything to our job, our family, our partner, and we're not connected with ourselves, then we just, we're exhausting ourselves because it's energy out, energy out, energy out. And we're not filling ourselves back up. And, and we've got this intuitive wisdom. Our bodies know how to heal themselves. We just need to provide the right environment. And so actually asking, what do you need? Then we're allowing that wisdom to come through and then we can serve that and give ourselves and nourish ourselves from the inside out. It's just such a beautiful thing. Oh, so beautiful, isn't it? I know. And we don't do enough of it. No, I love that. That's so, so gorgeous. So let's talk a little bit about, about the menstrual cycle in a bit more detail. So um, what, you know, should PMT be a thing? Like should all women experience, because I've heard lots of different people talk about this, that PMT actually, you know, we should, shouldn't really be experiencing um, PMT if we're feeling healthy. And that's kind of created a little bit by the patriarchy and all of the stuff that's around that. What, 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 what are your thoughts on that? Absolutely. So, I mean, in Chinese medicine, one of the fundamental things that we are taught is that our period should arise with ease. There should be no pain. There should be no clots. We shouldn't be experiencing any breast tenderness. Um, there's a beautiful formula called um, Shaoyao Sun, which is the free women's wandering powder. That's what it translates to. So I always think of like women just being free. It's like that's what our period should be. Yeah. It should be free and flowing and beautiful and divine. Yeah. Um, and so when we're experiencing 
PMS or premenstrual tension, it's telling us that there's definitely a hormonal imbalance. And so sometimes that could be whether there's an estrogen, um, uh, estrogen dominance or a progesterone deficiency. So the liver meridian starts between our toes. It circulates around our reproductive organs and then finishes at our nipples. And so as women, we'll see a lot of women having breast tenderness or bloating, feeling that sort of anger and frustration leading up to their period. That's because the liver is essentially overloaded. And so what we want to do to create a healthy hormonal balance, um, well, balance, I should say, sorry, is firstly, we want to support our gut health and helping to support our healthy gut microbiome. You know, our serotonin levels are made in our gut. So by eating um, healthy carbohydrates when you're leading up to your bleed will help to support your mood and your emotional well-being. Um, and then we want to make sure that our liver is metabolizing properly. So it's actually able to metabolize estrogen. And so essentially everything that we put into our body is metabolized through our liver. So it's, you know, it's doing a hard job. And so if you're experiencing breast tenderness, it's a sign and symptom that says to us, okay, we need to look at the, it's the liver meridian. The liver meridian is essentially, it's designed to um, ensure smooth flow of chi and blood. Okay, so when you're getting that stagnation, you're starting to get disease again in the body and you start to see things arising, pain, breast tenderness. So it's working through the estrogen. And so simply by having the brassica family, you know, all our cruciferous vegetables, our bok choys, our broccoli, um, that's going to help to metabolize our estrogen. Eating enough fiber will help to metabolize the estrogen out of our body. Um, we want to make sure that we're reducing our cortisol levels. You know, stress is a big one and we're all living in constant stress. That's mm -hmm. going to also then affect our immune system. We want to support our adrenals. You know, today we're just burnt out. We're not living cyclically. We're doing too much. Um, we want to also reduce inflammation. So these are sort of like all the key steps to creating a healthy menstrual cycle. Mm. Um, so we start to be in flow and we start to minimise the effects of um, premenstrual tension or PMT. Yeah. yeah. Because what we do throughout our cycle will affect the outcome of our period. So do too much when you're bleeding that's they're going to can then affect your follicular phase, which is then going to affect your ovulation and your luteal phase. So by the time you come to your next period, you're feeling more depleted. Mm. So you see that point of like coming back to filling up your bucket when you're bleeding. What goes out when we're losing blood is we want to nourish, we want to put back into our bodies. And that's as women, we are yin. So we are blood. And so that's why we go through menopause because it's a self-preservation. If we were to continue bleeding, essentially we would die because blood is our life force. Oh, so wow. it's, and then it's like when we go through menopause, it's that rebirth again. It's like a, we're coming into a death cycle. We're stepping into a rebirth of like in accessing our deepest wisdom and that's where all the wisdom comes from the older women that was passed down through the generations that has now been lost because we, we don't honour our elders. Yeah, right. Wow. Amazing. And so really honouring that time when we're bleeding is actually, it has a huge influence then in terms of then how we feel our energy levels, how connected we feel to ourselves and others and, and something bigger than ourselves. Um, during that whole cycle and then obviously you know how how the months lead to the the years so lead to well, yeah so it really does come down to that micro level 
It really does. And you think about it, what was your experience like as your first menstrual um, experience like? So if you had a menstrual experience that was shameful, then that's going to lead into how you feel about your body as a woman. Mm. You're going to feel ashamed. You're not going to want to explore your body. And then you move into your fertility and then it has a repercussion there too because you don't understand your body because it's being shamed. You don't want to know your body, so you instantly have a disconnect. That then moves into your birth because there's fear surrounded around birth because you're not embodied. You don't know your body. Yeah. And see, as women, it's like this is our tool. This is like such a powerhouse, and we haven't been honouring honouring her body and temple. We've blocked and disconnected, and that's why we're seeing more cesareans because we've lost to ourselves. Yeah. Not by our own fault, but by the pill, by, um, you know, how we've been brought up from mm-hmm. our parents, you know. Interesting too, our blood holds memory in Chinese medicine. So essentially our umbilical cord connects to our mothers. In Chinese medicine, the point through our belly button is called spirit gate. So I, essentially we're carrying the memory of all our mothers, our foremothers, our grandmothers, and so that's why we're seeing today it's like an epidemic of endometriosis is that we're carrying all this memory from past traumas from women down our ancestral lineage and we're the in this generation we're the first time where we're not in environments where it's survival it's that constant fight or fight Mm. um we're not in war zones so it's an opportunity now for us to heal collectively as women Mm. and that's why we're being required to do the work we're being required to go into the depths of our wounds and move through this trauma and move through this pain and clear our wombs and it's the same with infertility at the moment so you know evolutionary i've seen more and more different types of conditions developing where we're seeing things like natural killer cells and what they do is they have um, an incredible function of supporting um, a mother, the growth of it essentially protects her embryo and then it goes on to form the um, placental cells for the placenta and with natural killer cells what we're seeing is an epidemic of it. It's where the killer cells are raised in number and instead of protecting the embryo they're attacking the embryo so it sees it as a foreign object. And, you know, I just think on such a spiritual level is that we're in crisis and as women we are the creators. We are like Mother Earth and Mother Earth is, she's crying. Like what have we done? We're in a phase of destruction at the moment. And so what does nature do? Nature will evolve and create things that it needs to do to create destruction. And so essentially as women we are that reflection and what's happening in our wombs is this sense of destruction so it's full on so it's as a collectively we need to do the work as women we need to harness the ability to connect into our cycles you know we have an opportunity now to create a revolution um and change workplace policies i mean it's going to be a long time before that happens but really if we can start to move together through our cycles intuitively um, and instinctively moving through those ebbs and flows, we can thrive as women and that's where the magic is. It's Mm -hmm. like little pulses out, like you create that little ripple and it becomes the massive wave. Yeah, 
Wow. 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 So yeah, because you know, there's that quote as within, so without, and, mm. yeah, like you can feel it. Um, in terms of, you know, how Mother Earth has been, particularly, you know, just recently in Australia with the fires and the weird stuff that's going on environmentally. Um, but it, when we're disconnected from our bodies, like we were talking about before, and, you know, from the womb centre, and we are, as women, you know, connected to the mother, it's that, you know, it's that yin energy um, and that what happens, yeah, what's happening within our bodies is happening on the outside and what's outside is reflecting back to ourselves. And so it's, yes. that, mirror. it's that mirror that's happening to wake us up. It is. It absolutely is. And I think that's what it is. You know, all the ancient practices come back, don't they? Through yoga, through meditation, through Qigong. It's the awakening of our consciousness. Mm. Um, and then it's awakening of the consciousness collectively um so you're right it is absolutely a mirror mm, mm. i am um, i talk to trees a bit like i don't i can't believe i'm actually admitting this on <laughs> but i do actually spend a bit of time with trees i find trees are really healing and um i've definitely spent a lot of time in nature and um it, you know when you get really really quiet there's a lot of wisdom that trees can share with us and um, yeah, yes. I was a tree the other day and, um, and yeah, I was standing on the roots of the tree and, and the message I got was, um, you know, something, it was kind of along the lines of what we're talking about, about like everything is a reflection of everything else. It is. It, I was it, just it, like, wow. It is. And you, think, and you just think to yourself, imagine if we all had an opportunity to do this. Mm. We could all be tree huggers and just mm. or go and sit by a river, give ourselves some space, create space in our lives to actually slow down because that's what the sages did. That's what they did in the ancient times. They didn't have all this technology and, you know, distraction. They were connected and that's how they knew the, you know, astrologically everything was aligned with the sun and the moon and Mm. we don't have that. Well, we can. Yeah, it's a time to reconnect with all of that, um, and we're being, and like you, we were talking about, we're being called to through via the physical effects of our bodies and healing that, and then from that place, um, we can take yes. wisdom with us, and it starts to ripple because the way that we're a lot, lot of the the treatment of the world, you know, from um, the earth, sorry, from um, a climate. Um, perspective when we don't care for ourselves and we're not taking full responsibility and and full care for our bodies and I've noticed this in my own life when I am not looking after myself I do not look after the plants in my house very well no that is so direct result and my plants will tell me when they're not happy and then I always ask myself the question okay um, where am I not taking good care of myself as well? Because I know what's within as without. And then if you if you if you um, take that wider as the collective, then how we're treating ourselves is a direct reflection as to the state and the health of the earth as well. Absolutely, so beautifully said. Yeah. Oh. oh wow! <laughs> this conversation has been amazing. <laughs> 
loved every moment of this. Thank you so much, Amanda, for your time and all of your wisdom and the journey that you've so beautifully taken um, in your own life to, to bring what you're bringing into the world. Really, really grateful for that. So thank you. Um, thank you. I'd love to just ask you one last question, if that's okay. Sure. Um, what does becoming whole mean to you? Becoming whole to me means an opportunity to really come back to myself. And I think when we're not looking after ourselves, we're, we're neglecting ourselves and we're neglecting a part of ourselves. So coming back to self is coming back to being whole. And I think through the life journey that I have had, you know, I've been in that depths of despair and I have not felt whole. And that is where my soul is being fractured. So Coming back home is coming back to that point of origin means whole for me, back to self. Mm, beautiful. Thank you so much, Amanda. And if Thank people you. want to get in contact with you, they want to book an appointment, how's the best way for them to reach you? Is via our website, which is www.angia.com.au. And then also you can find us on Instagram, Angia Women's Health Clinic. So great. And I'll put all of those details in the show notes as well. Um, thank you again and um, wishing you a lovely rest of your day. And I will see you in about six weeks. <laughs> Thanks, beautiful. See you then. Thanks for the awesome chat. I loved it. Me too. Thanks so much, love. Bye. See you, gorgeous. Bye. And there you have it. Thank you so much for listening. And I do hope that you enjoyed this episode and gained some new insights. If you're enjoying this podcast, please do share it with friends you think may benefit from the message. And if you'd like to rate the show and give it a review on iTunes, not only would I be so happy, but this will also help increase the show's visibility so that more people can benefit from the messages. I would love to connect with you, so you can find me on Instagram. My handle is underscore Claire with an I and an E, Bradshaw underscore. I so totally can't wait to connect with you soon. Have a beautiful day.